And now, it's time for Mr. College Football and Friends with Tony Barnhart. Greetings and welcome back to Mr. CFB and Friends. I'm your host, Tony Barnhart, Mr. College Football. And I can't believe I'm about to say this. Men, we're looking at the last Saturday in September of the college football season. Holy cow! We'll get to that in a minute. But before we get started, we want to thank our sponsor, APA Games, APBA Games, the unquestioned king of quality simulation products. You'll find them at APBA.com, and we thank Mr. John Person for his support. Now, let's bring on the guys, and I'm going to ask them all the same, what did we learn from week three? Mark Blauschen in Sichuate, Mass. What did you learn on week three? Well, we were in the September. The Big Ten East is pretty good. I don't think they. I don't think they've lost a game yet. And uh, unfortunately, State, I learned Mark. that Miami is again Miami. I get you know, when they played a tough road game, they came up empty. Those two things I learned. One was a surprise. The other one, again, not so much of a surprise. Herb Gould, looks like you're out traveling today. What did you learn in week three? Well, I, I learned, you know, kind of what, what Blau just said, that the Big Ten East, it's good, but I just, I think that, you know, that win at Penn State had down at Auburn, and uh, I know Michigan hasn't played anybody, but boy, they really are rolling over the cupcakes. I, I just wonder if Ohio State's not going to have more trouble in that Big Ten East than 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 we expected. I, I think that's what I'm learning is Ohio State is not as far ahead of the competition as I, as I would have thought. Well, you're, you're totally wrong about that, Herb, and I'll explain it to you later on in the show. Tom Lucci, our man, director, media director, Monmouth Park Racetrack. We call him the locksmith. We have his own segment later on where he teaches me about sports wagering. But Tom Lucci, what did you learn in your third week? Well, I learned... Uh... That the uh, the coaching uh, hot seat is getting hotter for a lot of guys already. I cannot believe that it's, you mentioned it's the last Saturday in September. We've already seen two coaches go. Uh, is Brian Harson in trouble? I don't know. That was a pretty pathetic performance against Penn State at home. Uh, that's the first thing I learned. And the second thing I learned is the Big 12 is not too bad. I think it's going to be a solid league this year, uh, probably among the top five. They look to be pretty good. Well, guys, I'll tell you what, I learned that Auburn, for all the moaning and gnashing of teeth and the future of Brian Harson, hey, Auburn's just not very good. They're just not very good. I Listen, I picked them to win straight up against Penn State. I thought playing at home, they'd get all geeked up. I wasn't overly impressed with Penn State based on what I saw, but Auburn gave up 245 yards rushing and Penn State won easily 41 to 12 at Jordan Hare. A brutal back half of the season coming up. It is now not a question of if, but a question of when they make the change at Auburn. Oh, one more thing about Auburn before we go to our hot topics. Things are about to get worse. Their starting quarterback, TJ Finley, is going to be out for the next few weeks. Robbie Ashford, a transfer from Oregon takes over. We'll see how that pans out with Missouri coming to town. That's a perfect transition into our hot topics. And with the coaching carousel, as Tom said, has gotten heated up already. We got openings at Nebraska. 
Arizona State. They let Herm Edwards go this week. We're going to have an opening at Auburn. We're going to have an opening at Colorado. And after watching Georgia Tech lose to Ole Miss 42 to nothing last weekend in Atlanta, I might add, I think we'll have an opening at Georgia Tech. So I really don't want to bring up this guy's name, but it sounds like we're going to have to. Mark Blauschen, are you telling me that Urban Meyer is a serious candidate for any of these jobs that are coming open? Always a candidate. Now, how serious? It, it depends on the, I talked to people in Nebraska today. They don't think it's a good fit out there. And Urban said publicly he's not interested, but I don't believe that because it's September, not December. But he's going to coach somewhere next year. Now, where it is, I mean, we, like you said, Arizona State is open and, and, and Nebraska is open. Uh, uh, Auburn certainly could open. Uh, Colorado could open. Uh, so he's going to be one of those places, I think, because the bottom line is he wins games. I mean, he wins games, and, and that's the, what drives people, ADs, make moves and, and boosters to make moves. Now, now Tom, Lynch, you got to explain this to me because, look, Urban Myers got more baggage than the bell captain at the Merritt Marquis. I mean, he's just got all the stuff. Every place he's been, he's left in a worse shape than when he found it from a legal standpoint. You, are you telling me that some school is going to be desperate enough to hire this guy? Well, of all the schools that Mark mentioned, I only think one would be, and that would be Auburn because of where they reside in the SEC. And let's be honest, Tony, they just don't care. They want to win in the SEC. They do not care about the other stuff. You are correct, sir. So, I I mean, I I would not be surprised to see it at some point, uh, Hugh Freeze get one of those jobs, you know, because uh, out of liberty, because people just, they want to win. They don't care. But I, I just don't see Urban at Arizona State. First of all, they don't have a league per se. I mean, they're in the Pac-12, but what's the direction of that league? Um, you know, same with Colorado. It just seems to me that if he's going to go anywhere, Auburn might be a great, a great spot for him. Although I'm not advocating for him, I'm just saying of all the schools we mentioned, that that would seem the most logical. Well, our buddy Dennis Dodd reports that Nebraska has indeed reached out to Urban Meyer, but. He also reports that Trev Alberts, the athletic director of the University of Practice, said, we wouldn't hire anybody who didn't share our values. Well, there you go. There you go. Guys, educate me on this. The Arizona State job, is that, is that a good job or is that not a good job? I've heard it both ways. I, first of all, I couldn't believe that Herm Edwards was still the coach when the season started. They kept him for what, for three games and then fired him? What sense does that make? Mark, what about Arizona State? Is that a good job? Can it be a good job? What kind of job is it? Well, like Lucius was saying, the Pac-12 stays intact, whether it's 10 teams or 12 teams with two new teams. It can be a good job because it's, 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 a, it's in a fertile area for Southern California recruiting is pretty good. They got good facilities there. They, they, they have a, a funding as well. And, and UCLA and USC are going. So, the coach comes in there. I mean, that league is wide open. I'm not going to buy Washington and Oregon being dominant teams. They're good. But that, that league, especially the, the Pac-12 South, will be wide open. Even though they go to the Big 12, uh, I think it can be a good job. It really can be. Now, Luke, Luke, you brought up about Auburn. I think Hugh Freeze will become, when they make a change, I'm telling you, if Hugh Freeze is going to become involved in that sure. job because everybody remembers what he did at Ole Miss, beat Alabama back-to-back years. The guy's an offensive genius. Yes, he's got he's got some baggage, but I think, particularly in the SEC, I think they can overlook that. 
Here's the question I have for all. I want all of you to weigh in on this. Does Deion Sanders have a chance to move up when this is moving on? Let's start, let's start with Herb. Herb, would you believe that a Deion Sanders, what he's done at Jackson State, uh, could get involved in one of these power five jobs? Well, I absolutely do. I mean, based on what he did at Jackson State and given his his marquee value, I mean, it's it, from what I've seen, why not? Why wouldn't he he have a chance? And, you know, especially the way he connects with his players. I, I would think that if you're talking about an SEC like an Auburn um, or some of the other schools that might open up, why not? I mean, he's 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 got a lot of things going for him. Mark Blasen, you brought up Deion Sanders to me in one of our early conversations. How realistic is that? I think it's very realistic because he's got one thing that other coaches don't have. He has a, he has a, a quarterback who's his son. Guess who's going to tra- the transfer portal be if Deion goes anywhere? And guess who's coming with him? Um, and that kid is a, is a he was he was a TMG Newsmaker of the Week early this season. Uh, he had a great freshman season. He's He's, he's tearing uh, uh, the conference up up there. I mean, that's a good package, I think. And I could see them both at Auburn. That would be fascinating. It really And it's about recruiting, guys. It's about recruiting. Particularly Auburn, their recruiting has slipped over the last four or five years. They, they just got manhandled by Penn State. All right. Here's the topic. Tom Lucci, veteran scribe. Been around the game a long, long time. Have you ever uttered this sentence? Kansas, Duke, Rutgers, Indiana, Syracuse, and Tulane are a combined 18 and 0. Not I'll bet a, you've never said that sentence. Not in the fall. In the winter, sure. <laughs> sure, I've said it in the winter. No, it's it's kind of amazing. I'm, listen, the job being done uh, at Kansas is nothing short of remarkable, I think, because uh, – you know, uh, I liked them last week. They were getting 10. They won by 18 on the road. I, I, they're obviously much improved. I have to get a better handle and, and watch them a little more closely. Um, that's the first thing. I, wh- why wouldn't um, ESPN send game day to Duke, Kansas? Uh, to me, Manhattan, Kansas was the logical choice this week. I mean, they're never going to have a chance again, probably, to go to, uh, you know, to, to Manhattan, Kansas. But have you uh, have you been to Manhattan, Kansas? I, ha- I have not. I've been to Kansas, but not you- to Manhattan. You, you can't happen, get yes. to there from here. I, I had the the pleasure of going there once, and it was it, it's quite a trek. You know, it, you you could get to Juneau, Alaska, about as quick as you could get to Manhattan, tough, Kansas. Tougher than than Boone, North Carolina, Herb? I don't know. Never, they were in Boone last week. I never went to Boone, so I couldn't <laughs> comment. So, so, Boone, so no, I mean it's just Charlotte, go north. So you're you're doing fine. I mean, can, to me, Kansas is the story. The rest of them are a byproduct of the schedule you know, right yeah. now at, at this point. But Kansas is the real story. I, you know, can they be a factor in the Big 12? I, I don't know. We have to wait and see. Uh, this is another non-conference game, so we won't get an idea of that. Uh, they got to go through the grind of Oklahoma State, Oklahoma, Texas, Kansas State, Iowa State. It's a tough grind in that league for, for Kansas. Well, this guy, Lance Leipold, won a bunch. At, at a great job at Buffalo, Tony. Wisconsin Whitewater did an incredible job there. Spent a couple of three years at Buffalo, did a good job there. I don't know, guys, but it seems to me this guy would be the perfect fit for Nebraska. What about it, Mark Blaston? Would he be a fit for Nebraska? Uh, sure he would. I mean, he, I mean, uh, you know, and that would certainly be an elevation up, and, and, and certainly they would, they would 
that's that's a good I, I hadn't heard his name mention him. And they're talking they're talking Mark Stoops and they're talking um what's the name of that at Iowa State that you know. Uh, so those are the two names I'm talking about, but uh, that would be a good fit. I can see that happening. I don't, sure. You know, Blau, I I don't know though. I don't think that Nebraska goes that way because for one thing, I think he's fifty-eight years old, okay. which is a little above the profile. The other thing is that Nebraska has this inflated opinion of itself. And I think they want, uh, they would like a bigger name, although he would be a very good fit, as Tony said, from a coaching standpoint. They just, you know, they've just got delusions of grandeur there. What do they do? I think Matt, Matt Campbell makes more sense to me there if, if they want to stay in the area. And Mark Stoops as well. Mark Stoops is very Stoops. high. Mark Stoops played at Iowa uh, and would be an absolutely perfect fit for him. He's at his 10th year at Kentucky, might be looking to move. So keep your well, eye on that. Another one, let me throw in one, Tony, because we haven't mentioned him. He had a great year last year. I know he's going to get a job as Luke Fickle. Where does he fit? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's Big Ten. Uh, you know, he's kind of a Big Ten guy. I don't know. I'm just throwing it out there. He's got to make a move soon. Otherwise, he falls into that categories of guys who uh, didn't strike when the iron's hot. Yeah. But he's in the Big Twelve, though, Luch. I mean, since then he's in the Big Twelve now. So what's the what, what's the what's the what's the power move? Uh, about forty million for the school. Well, yeah, Nebraska. Nebraska is a step up, definitely. You know, the, in from the money standpoint, the the visibility and, and that program. You know, the delusions of grandeur. If you're the right guy and you make it happen, boy, you you could right. really get, you could have a statue. Well, I don't know if you could sustain what the league you're playing in. I don't know if he can sustain what he's done at Cincinnati is what I'm saying. That was the thing I was going to say. I I mean, he's had a great run at Cincinnati, but can you sustain it? Can you, you know, he'll probably, he would probably win that conference more often than not and maybe get in a 12 team playoff. But I'm I'm with Luce. I think there, there comes a time when you've been someplace for a while, you got to move, you got to move or you won't be able to move at some point. Guys, programming note here. Appalachian State, they're playing James Madison on Saturday. You got to turn in and watch it because you know something's going to happen. I mean, that campus has had two of the greatest weeks in history. They had game day there on Saturday. They get to the final seconds of the game, and they're going to get beat by Troy. It is going to happen. It's going to be an awful way to end the day. And what does Appalachian State do? They throw a Hail Mary. They ran the tip drill to perfection. They win the game 32-28. to 28. Wow, did you get to see that finish? I saw that finish, and, 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 and I'm, I'm a little bit surprised that that, that that was worked as well as it did because we were expecting that, and the whole side of the left side was clear. So I, I'm going to around and pulled it off, but it was a great win. Well, here's one thing that's interesting. Our good friend Ross Dellinger from SI.com, he's put together a 12-team playoff every week, and this week's – 12-team playoff. He had number Appalachian as the number 12 seed playing at number five Penn State. How would you like to be playing Appalachian State right now if you're Penn State? Think about that one. Think about that one. All right. We mentioned UCLA earlier in the show. Troy Aikman, Hall of Fame quarterback from UCLA, Dallas Cowboys. He ripped his own school because they had less than 30,000 on Saturday in the Rose Bowl. Uh, Non-conference win over South Alabama drew less than 30,000 in the Rose Bowl. First question I have is why are they playing South Alabama? That, that's my number one, because who in the 
who in the heck's going to make that trip out there? But w- what about it, Luch? We've all been to the Rose Bowl. We've all seen wonderful games there. But, man, that place is empty when there's only 20,000 people in there. Should UCLA consider, consider building its own campus stadium? Oh, well, of course I, they should consider it um, because 100,000 for a school like that is, is way too excessive, uh, you know, for a stadium, a stadium capacity. But I, I would imagine that when the move to the Big Ten is made, that when they start playing some conference games in the Big Ten, that they'll draw again. I, I think things have gotten a little stale for them in the, the Pac-12. Plus, let's be honest, Tony, they, they haven't had a recent run of success. I mean, it's been a while since we, we, we thought of UCLA as a national player. So you, you can't blame the fans, uh, you know, and, and I don't because uh, it's been a while for them. First three no starts in 2015, eight, eight years, seven years. First three no start. Yeah, right. you know, the Rose, the, Rose Bowl is, the Rose Bowl is a tough place for, you know, it's wonderful on New Year's Day. We've all been there. It's the best, new, it's the best bowl game anywhere on New Year's Day. But you go, I remember going out there, Illinois and UCLA played in September, oh, 10 years ago. And Doof and I were there. And I think there were maybe three other people that day. It's just so far away for the campus people. And it, it's just, it's just too much. It's not the right place for them. I got to think that a UCLA could, I mean, I don't know that, you know, the, that new um, pro stadium is in their, their uh, sites, but you know, the Coliseum, I mean, there's got to be a better option than the Rose Bowl. It's just too remote for, for UCLA. Well, we'll, well, I think Luch is right. We'll keep our eye on that because if they do go to the Big Ten and they do have to host Big Ten games, that's something they're going to have to think about. But, you know, who knows the crowds. The, when the Ohio States of the world show up at the Rose Bowl, maybe things will be a little different. So using that as our transition, let's go to the locksmith with our locksmith, Tom Lucci. Tom Lucci, you gave me five games that you like and why. Again, as I read these out, if I get the point spread wrong, you tell me because you're the locksmith. First game, Washington State getting six and a half at home against Oregon. Who you like? Who you like there? Uh, I'm, I'm, to this day, I'm, I'm not trusting Bo Nix. I just don't. I mean, the beaded, depleted uh, uh, BYU team, as I look back and saw how much uh, BYU was missing in that game, uh, I, I liked Washington State's, uh, you know, uh, win over Wisconsin. Uh, n- not that it was uh, overwhelming, but it was on, I'm pretty sure it was on the road, right, Herb? That was at Wisconsin, Washington State? At Wisconsin. Yeah. Uh, you know, they seem to have struck nice balance with Cameron Ward, a quarterback, and, uh, you know, I- I'm not... And they're okay defensively. I, I'm not convinced with this Oregon team yet. And like I say, the, the biggest issue for me is getting past Bo Nix. I, I, I just know that there's going to be a game, especially one on the road again, where we saw what happened in Georgia. I'm not suggesting Washington State is Georgia. But, you know, um, going on to the road to Washington State and Pullman, I, you know, I, I could see a, a Bo Nix three interception day. Uh, unfortunately, I could see that too. So now this game intrigues me, Luch. Iowa State giving two and a half at home against Baylor. Baylor, I believe, lost to BYU. Double uh, who, do, who do you like here? I do like Iowa State because uh, I think they found their uh, their quarterback in Decker, and, and they, they have a nice running back who's doing a great job, uh, you know, in, in Brook. But, yeah, I just, you know, I'm a big Matt Campbell fan. They're 10th nationally in defense. They're home. 
Baylor's got to go on the road again. I'm not convinced that uh, Blake Sharpen is there yet as a quarterback for Baylor. He's, uh, he's had some decent games, but for example, against BYU, the game goes double overtime. He threw for 137 yards. I don't think that's going to get it done against Iowa State, especially at, at, at Iowa State. So, you know, I, I like the Cyclones there. I, you know, I, I just think they're a better team at this stage. All right. Tennessee given 11 at home against Florida. This used to be must-see TV. Steve Spurrier and Philip Fulmer were the coaches. This was the game you had to watch. Now, Luch, you've got Tennessee giving 11 points at home against Florida. Wow. Who Can you I like? Can a quick one, Tony, on that? I, yeah. I, you know, I covered one at, 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 uh, at Florida Field. Uh, Tennessee, Tennessee, Florida. Peyton Manning was the quarterback, and they were up – I want to say 35 to 10 at halftime. Yep. Do you remember this game? And they wound up losing something like 56-38. Yep. I couldn't believe the turnaround by Florida, but I happened to cover that game. That was at, at Florida Field. Uh, I was there. I, re I remember it. Um, I remember it. Yeah, so who I, do you like here? Listen, to me, I, I like Tennessee for a couple of reasons. This is a tale of two quarterbacks. I mean, you have Hendon Hooker, who's been absolutely phenomenal since he arrived at Tennessee. Uh, the last two years, I looked up his numbers. He's got 37 touchdown passes, three interceptions. He's just really has, has elevated that offense. That's number one. Number two, on the flip side, you have all these, I, I hate to, to blame them, but all these announcers talking about Anthony Richardson as a number one draft pick. Mm. Do you know that he does, has not thrown a touchdown pass this year? He's got four interceptions. Now they go from the friendly confines in Gainesville to Knoxville, where they're finally drawing people again. I think they sold out last week for the first time in quite a while. Um, and I just think it's a bad spot for Florida. Did not like the way they played last week, like the way Hendon uh, Hooker's playing, like the way Tennessee's playing. Uh, you're right about Anthony Richardson. They were they had him going to New York for the Heisman Trophy ceremonies. Kids only played in like four football, any meaningful snaps. He hasn't thrown like a four touchdown football. pass this year. He's got four interceptions, no touchdown passes this year. I don't so, care how, how talented you are. You have to, you have to produce something. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Arkansas. Arkansas, you guys have heard me talk. I love what Arkansas and Sam Pittman are doing. I really like this football team. They're very basic. Luch, you've got Arkansas getting two and a half against Texas A&M. This game is at Jerry World's in Arlington, Texas. Who do you like here? And I, I do like Arkansas getting the points because I'm with you. I'm a big fan of Pittman and you know, I'm a big fan of uh, KJ Richardson who had a great game last week. I don't know if you saw it. I know it was Missouri State. I get that. But they got almost 600 yards of offense. He threw for 385. He rushed for 40. I mean, he really, you know, he's starting to evolve into that uh, elite kind of quarterback in the SEC, which is, you know, what you need if you're, if you're going to succeed. Look at the national champions to come out of the SEC. They all had those elite quarterbacks. You can't get by with, a, a, you know, an average quarterback to win in the SEC. And, uh, I, you know, listen, I, I liked A&M last week. I told you guys on this. I thought they would bounce back. Yep. Uh, they did. They held Miami to nine points. Their offense is a mess. It's just, it's an absolute mess. They scored 31 points the, the past two games. That's, that's App State and, and um, you know, and Miami. Uh, I just, I just like the way Arkansas is playing. I like their offense. And the fact that uh, I think A&M for the first time is away from College Station is going to have an impact on them. And not that they won't have fans there, but Arkansas, the way they're playing now, they're going to draw as well. Well, those hogs are really, really exciting. Finally, the locksmith, lock of the week, the Buckeyes, giving 18, count them, 18 at home. 
against the Badgers, against Wisconsin. This pains Herb, I know, but, uh, you know, I, I just, you know, between C.J. Stroud and the numbers they're putting up, I, I, what we're, I think we're seeing from Ohio State is an offense that just keeps getting better and better and better. Stroud's thrown 11 touchdown passes, no interceptions. He's almost thrown for 1,000 yards. They got great balance. Uh, I just see them, after what I've seen of Wisconsin, as long as you still have Graham Mertz at quarterback, I don't, I, to me, you're spinning your wheels. I don't know where you're going. Same thing with the Iowa Spencer Petrus. I don't know where they're going with him, but uh, I just think at home, I could see Ohio State just steamrolling them. I'm, I'm looking at like a, a 49-14 kind of deal. Ooh, mercy. Mercy, mercy. Mark Blauschen, you got a game you like it of these? Of those games? Uh, I kind of like the Ohio State. I mean, I, I agree with the Lutz on that one. I think Ohio State is ready to – Roll and, and and they want style points. We we talked about that earlier this week. The top five teams, four or five teams, are looking at for later on in the year. Every every game they can pile it up, they will pile it up and and, and run the score up. Michigan, Ohio State. I mean, uh, the, the, the the other thing I'm looking at is Clemson, Clemson, Wake Forest. I mean, mm-hmm. everyone is downplaying Clemson. They're, they're not that good. They're not that good. Well, this is the first real test where they're going to be. They play at Wake Forest. Wake Forest is not great, but it's but it's decent. Let's see what Wake Forest has. What Clemson has. I'm. I, I still think that they might be better than we think, but we'll see. We'll see the next step worse than we think. So I don't know. What about you, Herb? You know, I'm I'm, I'm kind of curious about Notre Dame going to North Carolina. I know yep. North Carolina is an offensive team and and not real, you know, balanced. But Notre Dame, you know, they there was one Harry Hail Mary there at the end of that game. I don't know if you saw that, but. Cal almost pulled that one off, even though everybody in the stadium knew it was coming. Um, you know, that Notre Dame is really wobbly right now. And and if they have trouble at North Carolina, you know, there's still a lot of L's on that schedule. And so I'm just curious to see how they do, especially, you know, with a new coach and who knows what's going on at quarterback and, and that offense just hasn't really been hitting. I, I think that'll be an interesting game to see. And I also want to see, I know it looks really bad for Wisconsin, and I don't disagree that I, I think this could be a blowout. The only thing that could could bail out the Badgers is he's got the horses on that offensive line, and they were not good at at Washington against Washington State. If they get that O-line going a little bit, Braylon Allen is a very, very talented running back. Yeah. And that would take a little heat off of Mertz because Mertz is definitely lost back there at quarterback. Well, man, I'll, I'll give you two right now. Going back, Clemson. Clemson is going to win, and they are going to cover the seven. Uh, I, I think they're getting better and better every week. The offense has been a little erratic, but we'll see how DJ Uyungle plays. They may make a change at quarterback at some point. Remember, we're getting to the fourth game of the year. If you want to save a year of eligibility, you got you got to make a move now. North Carolina is going to beat Notre Dame straight up Ooh. in Chapel Hill. Ooh. Absolutely, that that is going to happen. All right, Mark Blausen, let's close it out, men, with a final thought. What we're looking forward to this weekend, Mark Blausen, what are you looking forward to? This is going to sound strange. I'm looking for Florida State and 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 BC, not because of BC. I'm I was talking to Lucci about this. I think Florida State is on the cusp of being real good again. I mean, I mean, top 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 twenty good, top ten good, maybe. So I, I mean, they should win easily, uh, and they they've looked pretty impressive the first three games. I'm, I want to see what they got. 
All right, Herb, what, what are you looking forward to? Well, you know, Minnesota at Michigan State, I mean, given that the Big Ten West is, is just an open uh, deal, you know, Minnesota might be that kind of team, but let's see what they can do at a Michigan State that's not a world beater, but but is fairly good at, at home and, and should be feeling a little ornery after that nasty trip to Washington. Tom, what are you looking forward to? I want to see Duke. <laughs> it's going to sound weird, but we talked about it earlier. I want to see Duke, Kansas. I want yep. to see if they're, if they're any good, either one of these three and O teams. I just, I'm curious now. They've, they've piqued my curiosity. And, and now I want to see, I have, a, I have a hunch that Kansas might be okay. I'm not sure yet about Duke. All right. I think a lot of people are going to be watching that Kansas Duke game because they want to find out if Kansas is for real. How good a guy, how good right. a coach is this guy? Here's what I'm looking forward to. When Appalachian State beat Texas A&M a couple of weeks ago, Appalachian State held the ball for 41 minutes, more than 41 minutes. This is what Arkansas is going to try to do. Will they be able to do it? Not with K.J. Jefferson throwing the ball, but with Jefferson and the other guys running the ball, manipulating the clock against, as you said, Luch, a Texas A&M offense that is an absolute mess. That is what I am looking forward to. Well, gentlemen, appreciate everything that you've done. Now let's put a bow on this thing with an extra point from Mr. College Football. Now, we are quickly approaching the last Saturday in September. There's a lot we know, and man, there is a lot we don't know. For example, we know that Georgia, Alabama, and Ohio State are the three best teams in college football. I know you guys disagree with me, but I'm telling you, they're the three best teams, and they're favorite just about everywhere to reach the college football playoff. So, could somebody knock off Georgia, like maybe a, a Tennessee and Athens on November 5th, or a Kentucky and Lexington on November 19th? It's possible. It's possible, but I doubt it. Georgia is just that good. I talked to Mark Blauschen about this earlier this week. In several respects, this Georgia team is better. That's right. I said better than the one that won the national championship last season. Just one man's opinion. I wrote a column on this Wednesday for our website. Go check it out. Alabama. I got Alabama in the college football playoff. They play Tennessee and Knoxville the week after hosting that big game with Texas A&M on October 8th. The Tide has back-to-back -back road games at LSU and Ole Miss in November. Could Alabama stumble as they did against Texas A&M last season? They could, but they won't. Ohio State goes to Penn State on October 29th and hosts Michigan on November 26th. So could, could something happen there? I, I just don't think it will. I like Ohio State. As Luch said, their offense is getting better and better and better. I expect those three teams to be undefeated when they play on championship Saturday on December 3rd. But who's number four? That's what we're going to spend the next couple of months arguing about, guys. Who's number four? Is Clemson that good? We're, well, we're going to find out in the next three weeks. They're going to play Wake Forest and NC State and Florida State. Keep your eye on that. How good is Oklahoma really? Well, looks like Brent Venables has finally brought defense to that place. So that's a big deal. What about USC? I know you guys love USC. I think they're overrated. Lincoln Riley and Caleb Williams have scored 152 points in the first three games. And what about this? 
What if the fourth and final spot in the college football playoff comes down to ACC champion Clemson, Big 12 champion Oklahoma, Pac-12 champion USC, all undefeated? Now, history tells us that's not going to happen, but, man, would it be a big old argument. So buckle up, brothers. October is going to be a whole lot of fun. And that's an extra point from Mr. CFB. Now, before we go, we want to again thank our sponsor, APBA Games. You can find them at apbagames.com. Please remember our website, tmgcollegesportssi.com slash college slash TMG. Mark Blauschen's Newsmaker of the Week is there, and our picks come out on Friday. A lot of good stuff from our guys on that website. Check it out. Thanks to our technical staff of David Amaral, Sheila Dufresne, and Maria Barnhart. We simply could not do it without you. Have a great fourth Saturday of college football. For Mark Blauschen, Herb Gould, and Tom Lucci, this is Tony Barnhart hoping you have a great college football Saturday and carry on.